This episode of Locked On MLB is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And talk about getting started. Let's get started with this episode of Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer, easy for you to say, who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade, and I am starting my fifth year as a host here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Locked On MLB Pods, or you can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube where you can see my just increasingly handsome face. Or you could follow us wherever you get your podcasts and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including, I'm going to pick one at random, um, Locked On Yankees with Stacey Gotsoulias, the very person who dragged me kicking and screaming into the Locked On world, happens to be in the waiting room. Hi, Stacey Gotsoulias. Of Lockdown Yankees, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Sully. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I think we're at Tim Wakefield number of days. Uh, I think it's 49 days till uh, opening day. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was Mookie Betts, but sadly, Red Sox fans don't celebrate that anymore. Uh, but thank God they got under the tax threshold because that's what fans love to know that billionaires save some money. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the season's right around the corner. And I heard you on your last uh, podcast with uh, Paul Holden from um, uh, Locked On Rockies, and we were, we were saying that it's like it seems like the World Series just ended, and it also seems like this off season's gone on forever. It's this wonderful contradiction. Yeah, it really is. I was thinking about that last week. Because it feels like Aaron Judge signed so long ago, and mm-hmm. now it's like, oh yeah, no, they're all reporting to spring training next week. When how did that happen? I, I gotta say one thing again. This is locked on MLB, locked on Yankees crossover. Everyone seems to complain when the World Series bleeds into November. No one's bitching and moaning about the Super Bowl being played around Valentine's Day. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, this is too late. It's too late. We're going to get to the point where the Super Bowl is going to be played in March and it's going to be, you know, wherever they are, it's going to be 70 degree weather, whether it's the Northeast or <laughs> Florida. I mean, yeah, I was going to say it could open up for other venues. I mean, part of the reason it had to be either, you know, here in Pasadena or in, in Tempe, Arizona or wherever was because, you know, it wasn't snowing. But if, you know, if we're going to play it late enough, hell, have it outdoor in Minnesota. Why not? What's, what's stopping us? I do remember before they, or no, when they announced that it was going to be a MetLife, I said on Twitter, I said, watch when it's at MetLife, it's going to be like 55 and sunny. And it was 53 and overcast. I was so close. The next day, 
Yeah, and I it was, was like a blizzard the next day, and I was, I was so dying. Close to the right thing. Yeah, I was dying for it to be snowing on the cast of the New Girl or whatever the the you know, or they they fill the 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 stands with uh with the celebrities of the TV shows. Yeah. Um. You. This is of course best laid plans are going to be thrown away, but I do want to bring this up because you and Paul were talking the other day about, you know, there's, he's fine with the expanded playoffs and I am as well, but I think that with the expanded playoffs, I think we need to reduce the number of games in the season. I think. Oh yeah. Like go back to 154. Maybe I, I would go even back to, I would be, I would go back to 144. You know, I would, yeah, I, for for this reasons, one of the reasons why they expanded the playoffs um, in in the truncated season was it was only sixty games. We all know that's not a good of sample size, so you had to open it up a little bit because they make it a little more fair. One of the things that made the randomness of the baseball postseason seem equitable was that so few teams got in, right. so they made it through the gauntlet. So if you had a situation like a you know, the Phillies beating the Braves in 1993 or, you know, or in, I mean, in 96, the Orioles beating a much better Cleveland team to get to the ALCS to play the Yankees. You could deal with that because it took 162 games. These these were the, these were the only these teams get in. So, yeah. you know, it's easier to stomach, but if we're letting in, you know, the three division winners and three wildcard teams, you are, you know, we saw the randomness leading Philadelphia to have a pennant winner. I think it would feel more equitable if, I mean, I've been screaming to end the regular season on Labor Day for over a, over a decade. Yeah. And so you have the baseball playoffs mainly in September and the World Series the first week of October. The way it so, used to be. <laughs> yeah, the way, you know, but then you have August being the pennant run. Yeah. And then September being playoff baseball and then the World Series played in October seems, you know, at least, you know, it's being played in baseball weather. Yeah, because it is funny, you know, you and I like talking about games from the past. And when I look at old games from the 80s and I'm clicking on like mid-October and I'm like, oh, it's already like the fourth game of the World Series. I completely forgot that they're still not in... (laughs) The beginning of the National League or American League series, a championship series at this point, they're already almost past the world. Like they're almost crowning a champion at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, when, when it was just the World Series, I mean, the playoffs sometimes would start in late September. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. look at, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to be old man Sully here, but I think what this does is I've been saying that August is a wasteland. If it you're, really if is. you have, the pennant drive in August and you have September before football really kicks into high gear. You know, a lot of people stop paying attention to baseball around Labor Day. Yeah. So it's kind of like, why are we screaming at the tides? And you it's know, funny because wh- I'm the type of person, I don't pay attention to football until me baseball's neither. over. <laughs> well, I mean, me neither. I mean, I'm you, but you and I are outliers yeah. in that. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't pay attention to any other sports. I was like, you right. Know, I, mean, I don't either. Point. Yeah. But we're the outliers on that. Most yeah. people, once people get back to school, once people get back from their vacation, they're focusing on football unless the local team is in there. Yeah. I mean, the different, I mean, here in LA, New York is a little different because New York is a little more of a baseball city, but like 
in LA, if the Dodgers aren't in it, no one cares. Right. When I was although that hasn't been a problem the last how many years now? (laughs) That's true. Yeah. But I've been here when the Dodgers weren't in it. Yeah. And but even when they get eliminated, all right, you know, like the the like when there was Atlanta, Houston in the World Series, or you know, getting anyone excited about Houston, Philadelphia in the World Series, just it was non-existent. Same thing in the Bay Area when. Every other year, the Giants were in the World Series. It was a frenzy. And those other years where they weren't in it, tumbleweeds. Right. You know, get them interested in Royals Mets. You know? <laughs> you know, I mean, it just was, it was, uh, but like, I just think that, that that baseball, you know, baseball is a summer sport, not to, to, to paraphrase the mayor in Jaws. I mean, they need summer dollars. But I, I keep going back to 2017 when both the twins and the Rockies were wildcard teams. Now they both got eliminated early, but there was the possibility of an outdoor world series. The first week of November in Minneapolis and Denver right. was there. And right. yeah, I wanted to see that. But that's yeah, we I'm wanted me. a snow out during the, uh, <laughs> instead of a rain out, a snow out during the, the world series, the boys of summer, they're making a freaking snowman. Yeah. I just look at we we are going to talk Yankees in a second, but I was, but I just this is I think that if you also you shorten the season, you're going to have fewer injuries. I think you're not going to be. You know, I really think a lot of times those last month or so when you see these teams stagger to the finish line. Yeah. Oh, they're exhausted. They're exhausted, and the rotations. Everyone's not. You know, everyone's cutting the pitchers off at five innings, so every bullpen is exhausted. Yeah, it's not just Jonathan King. Everybody's bullpen is just haggard by the end. Yeah, it's true. Yes, yes, it's, of course it's true because I speak the truth. Basically, <laughs> and I will just tell you that I think that if they have a shorter season, I think it's, I think it's a surefire bet that fans will be super into a pennant rot drive in August. And, you know, I think you'll have a lot more interest in some stuff. Yeah. And by the way, if you're making any bets, let me recommend FanDuel. It's our new partner, Stacey Gatsoulias. We got a new partner. And the only app you're going to need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about this partner. It's locked on because of the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. There's so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57. That's this year's Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, just want to make sure. Uh, with a no-sweat first bet, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads with a who'll score touchdown. Now, FanDuel's... FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat-first-bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Sing that song with me. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
I wasn't told we were supposed to sing. Oh, you, you didn't get the sheet music? Mm-mm. I was going to get the little, <laughs> the little tuning thing there. Yeah. Um, Stacy Gotsoulias is here from Lockdown Yankees, and we're all better for it. Um, the AL East, I think this is the third uh, year in a row where I'm going to pretty much say the same thing about the American League East, and that is I think it's going to be a scrum. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. Last year was now, now. I have to give, and you know this is not easy for me to say. Mm-hmm. I have to give the Yankees credit because, again, they they won 99 games. They won the division by a week. They had seven games. They had a week buffer, which yeah. meant they could line everything up, and they. Yeah, they had a they had a first half of the season where they were on pace to say nineteen ninety eight, ha, we're the greatest Yankee team of all time. But nobody thought that and everyone knew they were gonna come to Earth. They had that really lousy, like August six you know, six week stretch pretty much from the all star game to the end of August. Yeah. And then pretty much from the series where they beat up the twins around Labor Day to the end of the year, they basically were the team that everyone thought they were going to be. Right. Which was a pretty good team, definitely a playoff team, flawed, but, you know, I thought they were going to win like 93 games. And they, if they played like they did in September, that's probably what they were going to win. They just had such a great first half where everything went right. Yeah. Um, so going into this year, um, I, I have my thoughts of what I think, but I want to hear without me, uh, without me sullying, if you will, your uh, your point of view. Um, tell me what you think about them and and their thoughts going into the uh, uh, going into this year. Hmm. Well, it's weird because you know I joked about it with Paul on the show the other day that you know when we did our AL East roundtable last year. Most of us picked the Blue Jays to win the AL East. And um, we figured that it would be Blue Jays and then Rays, Yankees, Red Sox kind of bunched up. And then no one expected the Orioles to do what they did. I mean, you know. No. And the way that it worked out and the way it finished, um, you know, the Yankees did luck out from that um, start because – they lucked out because the Blue Jays were pretty much mediocre for the first half of the year. And then they picked it up toward the end and made right. things interesting. If the Blue Jays played the way people thought they were going to play in the first half of the season, it would have been a different story. The Yankees still would have been as good, but they probably wouldn't have done as well against the Blue Jays as they did. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, toward the end, you know, the Yankees were beating up on them pretty much until a certain point and they finished 11 and eight against them, which is nothing to sneeze at. But I feel like going into this year, I'm disappointed that they didn't make more moves. Um, You know, obviously judge coming back is big, getting Rodone is big. Um, You know, the, the hole in left field kind of scares me, but not really because they can go from within. And then if things don't work out and there's, you know, the Yankees aren't going to be bad. They'll just no. be going into the all-star break and they'll have the option to maybe trade for a left fielder if things aren't working out the way they want them to. And I think Cashman said that too um, during the off season. He kind of gave us a hint that they weren't really going to go after a left fielder <laughs> during the off season was talking about down the road, maybe a trade will happen. So, yeah. you know, I'm not terribly disappointed, but I was really hoping that 
the sweep against the Astros would have lit a bigger fire under their collective rear end. And it was big enough for them to get Rodon, but I was kind of hoping they'd be like, you know what? We have Steve Cohen outspending us by all this money. Who cares about the luxury tax? Let's go after someone big for left field. And they didn't do it. So that was slightly disappointing. But seeing how they did last year, seeing how certain people stayed healthy, seeing how certain people didn't stay healthy, and if they do stay healthy in 2023, it could be just as good or close to as good as they were in 2023. I mean, the rotation is frightening if everyone stays healthy and people pitch the way they think they're going to pitch. I mean, a top three of Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, and Nestor Cortez. <laughs> right. Uh, by yeah. the way, I need to ask this question because I honestly don't remember. Because um, sometimes, you know, in the post, sometimes in the offseason, especially comes spring training, there's more like, oh, my God, I didn't know he signed with that team. Like, so you get reminded. Is Tyon back? No, he's with the Cubs. He's with the Cubs. He signed a four-year, okay, $68 okay. million dollar deal with the Cubs, yeah. I, I have the page where I said, I think Tyon signed with the Cubs, but yeah. am I wrong? Because mm-hmm. there's, there's sometimes there are players like that, like, fold within the same, like, you know, you, you forget. Wait, wait, did he do it or that's Okay, okay, yeah. I'm not going crazy. Tyon is no, you're, gone. Okay. Not in this instance, uh, you're not going crazy. Okay, well, okay. It, but um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to be positive, and then I'm going to be – not negative, but uh, uh, have my skepticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, the positive is the nanosecond they were, if they had, if Judge had gone, this would have been a disaster. Oh, sure. Because obviously Judge <laughs> had a historic year last year. He also was the only person playing well during that slump. Can right. You he imagine, played well the whole year. Yeah. I mean, if any, beyond his stats, obviously. Going, obviously, Shohei Otani is an all-star pitcher and an all-star player. You have to be a historic-level player to wrestle it away from, guess what? Someone was. Right, because it you wasn't know. just the home runs. When he wasn't hitting home runs, and he was going, I think the most he went was nine games without home run. But when right. he wasn't hitting home runs, he was hitting doubles. He was hitting singles. He was driving people in. That's why his average was as high as it was. Because His, his on-base percentage was in the 400s. Yeah, I mean, he was unbelievable last year. He was, was carrying the damn team. He really was on his big brawny 282 pound back. And, you know, and you <laughs> consider that, you know, yes, Stanton played well at times, times. He did, but, but for the most part, he had a down year. Yep. Um, Rizzo again, hit some big home runs down the stretch, everything. Torres did well at some point, but there's nobody else. I don't look at any of the players on in that entire lineup and say, ah, oh, that's an elite you know, at any right. point. Right. And, um, you know, Donaldson was a mess. Kiner Falefo should have been DFA'd. Um, and <laughs> you got a discipline, you know, uh, LeMayhew had a disappointing, you know, year and Hicks was hurt for a ch- big chunk of the time. Um, there is a player who is not an acquisition this year, but kind of is, which is Harrison Bader. Yeah. And that you're going to have, you know, Bader, what did he play? Like one game? How many games of the regular season did he play? It yeah, was it like, wasn't. It wasn't it was like many. A week and a half. It yeah. was like ten games or something. But right, he was impactful. It, it was. He was playing fourteen games for them. Yeah, but he was and impactful right off the bat. In the, the playoffs, bat. he was great. Yeah, yeah it was fantastic. It was, yeah, I uh, I was talking about it with. Who was I talking about this with? Jason Buse, Buford was a guest on my show. He writes for Rolling right. Stone and other publications and he was saying it's so nice to watch a center fielder actually set his feet before the ball comes to him 
Yeah. He's like, it's been a long time since the Yankees have had someone that good playing defensively in uh, center field. He's like, he's a pleasure to watch. I said, yeah, in those, in that small sample size, I was like, if we see a full season of healthy Harrison Bader, cause he doesn't have to hit home runs. He can just slap singles. And as long as he gets on base and runs around, it's perfect. You saw what you were going to get with him in the playoffs. Yeah. If you get that first season, that's like an acquisition. You're going to yeah. have him for a full year. Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, I don't discount that as a positive. Right. Um, and I also really don't discount Rodon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Rodon is necessarily uh, a Cy Young contender and everything, but he's a damn good pitcher. Oh, sure. And yeah. Garrett Cole is a very good pitcher. And Cortez, again, if we're seeing that that wasn't a fluke, we saw that the year before wasn't a fluke. So now we can sort of say, okay, he's now put together two solid seasons. So, you know, you go one, two, three. Very good. And so now Severino, who did legally change his name to, if healthy, Luis Severino. Yeah. You're not asking Severino to be your number two or three starter. Right. I mean, that's why the Rodon signing, whether he's the all-star or just a very good pitcher, you're you're taking that pressure off of Severino. Yeah. So these, these moves are not in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, having Bader for the full season, all right, I'm not sure we have an, in – left field you have Bader in center and judge in right you could find Joe bag of donuts to play left field get someone who is non-tendered bring someone up from Scranton I almost said Columbus and I think they or someone's going to jettison a left fielder well they have Oswaldo Cabrera you know they had him playing out there and they they had him playing at a bunch of um positions and and he's watched some YouTube videos about how to play the outfield well no my (laughs) um my soon-to-be co-host worked with scranton last year um he did radio for scranton last year and he Mm -hmm. said between oswaldo cabrera and oswald peraza the two of them are two of the most chill people you'll ever meet in your life and they're just how you see them on the field and oswaldo cabrera is just happy to be there and he will do whatever he can do to help the yankees so he's not a bad option in left field i don't mind that at all it's just I kind of wanted a little more effort from the Yankees, but Hey, if they're going to stick him out there and he does well, cause he had a bunch of outfield assists when they had him playing different positions. I'm for that. And that mixed with a full season of Bader. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I am impressed by their off season in that, you know, keeping Bader for the full season, the, the, the ripple effect of having another starter that you don't have to worry about. Right. You know, I call it the John Garland effect. It yeah. doesn't, you don't need to have him be a star. You just need to know every five days he's pitching. You don't have to worry about it. Plus, Radon is one of those guys where his uh, velocity gets higher as he goes through. And like through the third, um, the t- third time through the order, his velocity is like two miles an hour higher than it was the first time through the order. And I'm kind of looking forward to that because usually it's the opposite where a guy right. kind of tires out and the, you know, the hitters know what to expect from him. But I'm looking forward to watching him work. And with Judge back, you just know. I mean, you you. It's basically saying this is what we're, this is the centerpiece. They made him the captain. That there's no messing around. Right. There's no, you know, this is they're not going to be. You know, he playing. set the record. Now he doesn't have to worry about it. And if he only right. hits like 35, 40 home runs, we're fine with it, Yankee yeah. fans. Right? Yeah. Yes, we'll be fine. Absolutely. So you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about that. So now you can just focus on the main thing. Now, um, I do have a couple of things that I uh, have some thoughts about. Uh, that's not me being a Yankee hater. It's just me pointing out some reality things. 
But before we do that, I want to say to you, Stacy Gotsoulias, are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Uh, yes, and what, because what, I need to stick to my New Year's resolution. So, yes, and, tell me more. You and me both. Well, I get something you probably have never heard of. It's called a Built Bar. <laughs> For no, those I've you, never heard of them. Yeah, if anyone have ever uh, uh, taken a peek at the direct messages amongst all of us uh, hosts, we talk about built bars all the time. Now, look, mm -hmm. we made it through the holidays, but we have a new gauntlet coming this weekend, which is a double barrel Super Bowl. Oh my God, you know, big Super Bowl parties, and oh my God, everyone puts out the Valentine's candies at work. You gotta, you gotta make it through this gauntlet to stay healthier. But if you don't want to compromise on the taste thing, you got to try Built. Built Bar is, they're actually healthy and they're tasty. They're so delicious. Uh, you won't even think that they're good for you. And what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. You heard me correctly. Real chocolate. Great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I don't know how Built Bar does it. I've asked. They won't tell me. They taste like a candy bar while having great, amazing macros. They're, they're 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of fat, and like Carlos Rodon, their velocity goes up later in the game. Now, you don't have to wait around to get a box. We used to love that, right, Gatsoulias? Getting that box coming in, it's like, oh, here come our build bars. You don't have to do that anymore. You gotta, you're near Sam's Club. Head over to Sam's Club or, or Walmart. Go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You pick up a four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. Buy Sam's Club, get a 13-bar box. I'm going to eat one of those 13-bar boxes a day. That's good for me, right? Brownie batter. Churro. You know what? You can just thank me later. What, what are your favorite ones? I really, the cookie dough puff. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, really it's good. so good. It's, really good. <laughs> it's yeah. it. And it really does taste like you're eating something that's not good for you. Cause when you bite into it, you, you think to yourself, how's this possibly healthy for me? It's just too good. But yeah, that's my, I, I think that replaces my mint brownie. Yeah. As, yeah. It's up there for me. I'm still, I still love the raspberry. Cause I did. I love that. The tanginess mixed with the chocolate. It kind of almost has a jelly donut quality to it. That's really fantastic. So, right. but it doesn't matter. No matter. They're, they're great. And go get them. Go to Sam's Club. Go to Walmart. Or keep ordering them in. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. But I am going to tell you what to eat. And that is Built Bar. And Stacy, sing it with me. Built Bars. They're still good. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm not singing. Okay, fine. Don't I sing on my own show sometimes, but I'm not I know you do. Me. That's what I thought I could bring in. But I, I, I got to sing in the, the sheet music. Yeah. Where was Stacy Gatsoulias? Um, let me tell you, I, I, I'm. There are two things that would make if I were a Yankee fan. Yeah, I want you to imagine that scenario. If I were a Yankee fan, a little, 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 dumb. That's right. I played Tevye in Fiddler on the Roof. I was the greatest Irish Italian Tevye in the history of high school musicals. I think my parents went to see Fiddler on the Roof during a, a date night, if I'm not mistaken. My mom told me. And, well, it's a great yeah. show. It's a yeah. great show, and I was a great Tevye. But um, here's the, here are the two things that make me um, nervous. First yeah. of all, and we alluded to this a little bit, that last year the Blue Jays' first half, they were thoroughly mediocre, 
and they started playing to the back of their baseball card by the second half. And they've made, granted, the Teoscar Hernandez trade, which Ruth Capulis is still grinding her teeth over. Um, <laughs> but they they gave, they, they fortified their, their pitching staff yep. in a way that they did. Obviously, when we saw they des- in the Mariners when they came from behind in that insane clinching game, they yeah. needed to fortify their, their staff, and they, they did exactly that. Um, and if just a couple of those players like, you know, like Guerrero just start to play close to what we're expecting, you know, a lot of things went wrong and they were still a, a 90 something win team last year. Right. Um, the J the, the, the Tampa was decimated with injuries. The team yeah. that lost to Cleveland in the wildcard series, it was a mash unit. I mean, I didn't <laughs> know who half the players were. Some of them yeah. were younger than my son's. And, but they still made the playoffs. Right. And they're getting glass now back. They're getting glass now back and they're bringing back, like they re-signed Yandy Diaz. They've kept a couple players like, Hey, we're going to keep a couple of these players. We're going for it. Thinking they're closer to the team that won a hundred games in 2021 than they are the team that sort of stumbled and bumbled their way into the, into the playoffs last year. And so the competition you know, I don't think you can get that seven-game buffer. The Red Sox are a mess, and the Orioles are shooting themselves in the foot after a, a year where they won their fans back. Now they're doing everything in their power to alienate them. But you know, I think still think it's going to be a three-team race. And I think the Yankees could very well win. But the thing that I would be nervous the most about is the bullpen. Because yeah. you got a great first half out of Clay Holmes. Yeah. And the the history of baseball is littered with guys who had one really good year as a closer and then fizzled out. No offense to Clay Holmes, who is a talented pitcher and has been a good reliever for a few years. The idea of him being an all-star closer again, he was thoroughly mediocre the second half. Yeah. I'd still, I'd still prefer to have mediocre Clay Holmes over Aroldis Chapman. Well, yeah, but that's not, you know, you don't have to, he's now being his awful self with Kansas city right now, yeah, but yeah. you know, King was great when he was healthy, when he was, when he was pitching, but like the first half, their bullpen depth was fantastic. Yeah. And. Well, yeah, my, it was losing fine Michael, the second but, half. No, but, but losing Michael great. King was a really, that was, I think that was the biggest blow. I mean, Chad green mm-hmm. also, you yeah. know, cause he was hurt too, but Michael King was a really big blow to the bullpen when they lost him and just the way it happened, you were thinking the absolute worst with the way his arm looked when they were taking him off the field. Cause you could tell right away when he threw the pitch, something horribly went wrong. Um, But they're expecting him to be back. He might miss a little bit of the first part of the season, but you know, it's not like they're expecting him to come back in July. So um, yeah, the bullpen is a little questionable, but The rotation with those top three and Severino, if healthy, at four. You also have guys like Clark Schmidt. You also yeah. have Domingo Herman. You know, like Schmidt can even be in the bullpen if you need him to be, where you can have uh, Herman as an extra starter if you need him to be there. Um, I'm not that worried yet. And then okay. that's another thing. Maybe if the Yankees buy the all-star break, the bullpen is kind of sputtering a bit. And if someone is out there, maybe they can do a trade before the deadline. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, you know, Chad Green's with the Blue Jays, but he's right. coming back from 
surgery and it's you know did he pitch at all last year i think he only yeah, pitched like yeah he did um okay. i don't i honestly don't remember him pitching i'm last trying year. to remember when he got hurt because you know the beginning of the 2020 oh, i have it up season. here i have it up. he pitched like 14 games what yeah harrison, I mean, harrison was... bader played 14 games chad green pitched what is it with these 14 game yankees here yeah <laughs> unbelievable right. well you made you made a great point there and maybe um you know, maybe this has something to do with it is that, um, you know, you, by strengthening your rotation, it take, it puts less pressure on the bullpen. Hey, by the way, you know, I said, like, I, I couldn't remember. I thought James and Tyon signed, but I couldn't quite remember. Um, is Frankie Montas still on the team? Uh, yes. Yeah. Doesn't that say a lot that we've been on, we've been talking for half an hour and break talking, having going in depth in the pitching staff and his name hasn't come up once it's because i forgot like i was in my head as i was naming everyone i'm like there's another who am i I'm forgetting someone who am i forgetting thank you for bringing that up um he would be the number five and that's not a bad number five to have if he stays healthy because his problem is the shoulder and he's going to miss the first I think they said month of the season. Mm -hmm. So if he can come back and, you know, if they use him as a number five, you know, that takes pressure off him as well, because I know it's a big deal coming over from the A's to the Yankees, but if you're coming over from the A's to the Yankees and they're not expecting you to be the ace, yeah, it shouldn't be so bad for the guy. So yeah. I'm just hoping he, when he comes back, he remains healthy because he's another one. If he's healthy, him and Luis Severino, if he's healthy, he that's a not a bad number five to have. Yeah, he's a good pitcher, and, and and I'm going to say something. A lot of times, people who turn who were good pitchers and maybe coming back, a lot of times those starting pitchers turn into decent relievers. That yeah, you know, I mean, the obviously the biggest example of that would be someone like Andrew, you know, Andrew Miller went from a struggling starting pitcher to an all-star caliber. He was great. Reliever. I loved him. I did. Yeah. I, lo I loved him when he was on the Yankees. He was great. I loved and him I when also he was loved on the Red Sox. Him. I loved him when he was with Cleveland. Yeah. I loved him when he was on Cleveland and he gave up that home run to Greg Bird in 2017. That was great. Terrible. Terrible. Great. We all, we all um, cried. The, the only run of the cried. game, too. The only run cried. of the game. And unbelievable. Of all people for Greg Bird to hit a home run off of. It's like... <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken about that game, because those the, the Yankees lost the first two games, including the game... The, the come from behind game. Yeah. And if I miss, if I'm not mistaken about that game, maybe I'm mixing up games three and four in 2017. Yeah. I always conflate it, them as well. Yeah. One of the games um, judge leaped up and stole a home run. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I, I think, I think that, I think that was game, the, the one, nothing game. Yeah. Because you know, if that ball went a little higher, you know, all of a sudden the chances are Cleveland who I thought were rampaging to the world series. That yeah. Year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I saw, I went to a double header. They played like a quick three game series. And then like one of the games was rained out. So they had to do a double header and I was at a double header and Cleveland just beat up on the Yankees, like the very end of August. Uh -huh. And so when I saw them matched up against them in the playoffs, I was like, Oh yeah, there's no way the Yankees are going to win this series. And then especially with the way they get, they lost game two. I just thought, could you yeah. just win one game? Just win one game. Don't get swept. That's all I wanted. And then, yeah. you know, game five happens and Still can't believe that happened. Thank you, Dean Gregorius. Yeah, do I. Yeah. Uh, but Against yeah. Corey Kluber, of all people. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was weird, too, because... It was so sad. It was so I, sad. Didi hit that first home run, and my anxious, 
like my anxiety, I was just like, it went, I was like, oh my God, they're going to win this game. That was after the first home run. I just became so calm. I'm like, no, they're winning this game. I'm feeling it right now. And then when he hit the second home run, I was like, they're really going to win this game. I can't believe this is happening. And from there, then on, completely yeah. calm the whole rest of the game. Now, Brett Gardner's at bat was a little nerve wracking just because it was like 12 pitches. Oh. But, oh man. I miss the 2017 team was so much fun because no one expected them to get as far as they did. Aren't those <sighs> teams amazing? I was talking to someone about, I mean, for, for me, the, for me, it was the 99 Red Sox. Yeah. That, I mean, they wound up losing and, you know, some, some Sox fans were talking about the blown calls, but they also, Red Sox just, they, they were Pedro and cross your fingers. Right. You know, in the rotation, but because of that, and again, similar game five, they were down 2-0 to Cleveland, and they went into game three with Pedro and Nomar Hurt, like going like, this is not even a team anymore. Right. And they somehow won those two games, and it was our Didi Gregorius was Troy O'Leary. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Troy O'Leary hit a grand slam, and it was either a two- or three-run home run. because And both times they walked Garcia Parra to get to him mm-hmm. because – Again, they had lots of players like he took it personally. You know, they had lots of players <laughs> yeah. who could mash as platoon players, like Mike Stanley or Troy O'Leary or Reggie Jefferson. But Nomar was the only legitimate star in that lineup. Right. All, no offense, John Valentin. Um, and uh, and they kept pitching around Nomar, yeah. and. Troy O'Leary kept homering off of him. And that was the game where Pedro came out of the bullpen and threw six no-hit innings out of the bullpen to to clinch it. And, um, you know, if they could have not used Pedro in that game, Pedro could have pitched one of the opening games at Yankee Stadium. Right. Instead of, you know, instead of being only used in game three. That's and that would have I, totally changed the series because that's the only game the Red Sox won. I, re- I remember that. I mean, of course, I loved that team because that was so overachieving like the 2017 team yeah. for you guys. And I just remember that that ALCS thinking, if you could win just one game at the Bronx and know that Pedro's pitching game three, so like worst case scenario, it's 3-2 Yankees going back to the Bronx where you kind of – you, you know, maybe you pitch Pedro in short rest or whatever it is, but like there was like you got to win one of these two games and there's a shot. And they lost, they were up three nothing in that first game, and they went into extras and Bernie homered. And then I don't know if you remember this, but in game two, um, it was Varitek and it may have been O'Leary. I can't remember who the other one was. Both hit balls that hit the top of the wall. Mm. That would have been a game tying home run, and neither one of them got driven in. And twice that happened in the same game. If those were a little bit, a little bit higher, yeah. And, you know, then Bernie hit the walk off in game one, and in my heart, I knew, oh, that was the one. That was the game. Mm. That was the game they had the shot at. And then, you know, and of course, I, I probably said this. Everyone, just bear with me. But like, um, you know, Mendoza killed the Red Sox that year. Absolutely killed them. There was mm-hmm. two games where they used him instead of and and Mendoza closed the series out. Yeah, he did. I watched I watched that him. game the other day. <laughs> they couldn't hit him. And, yeah. and and El Duque won the MVP, but I kept thinking it should have been Mendoza. I know Mendoza mm-hmm. only got eight outs the whole series, but they were the biggest eight outs of the series. And, oh, and when he came over and he didn't pitch well for the Red Sox, when he played for the Red Sox, there were Red Sox fans saying, 
he's a sleeper cell. Oh yeah, we he's called the, him the embedded Yankee. Yeah, the, when it, yeah. <laughs> but I, I I may have told you this story already, but it's this it does crack me up that El Duque was a Red Sox killer. He was the MVP of that series. He pitched in that clinching game. He was unbelievable, and he always. You know, he was a, he was a Red Sox killer, and he was the only Yankee of that era that I kind of liked, right? Because he was mysterious. Yes. You know, there was something El Duque had an undeniably cool quality to him. Yeah. And that, like, you know, the, the, he just had his cap down. No one, you know, no one really knew how old he was, so he had that Satchel Page quality to him. And the leg kick. The leg kick. Yeah. And that he turned it on in October. Like he was okay, but when come October, El Duque, you know, showed up. Yeah. And he was, and he was always like, "Oh God, I can't deal with El Duque." If I, if I told you the story, forgive me. I'm watching the '05. Oh, White Sox. The White Sox series. Yeah. The Red Sox got their butts kicked in Game One, and then they lost because of a error in Game Two, and the the one run game. But I'm thinking, all right, when you know, this is no problem. No, no problem. Down 2-0, no problem. Win game three. Schilling's going to pitch game four. Roll the dice in game five. Okay. And that this is the series that, you know, the Sox, White Sox took the lead. Manny hit a pair of home runs. They loaded the bases in a one-run game. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Place went. Bases loaded. Nobody out. Down by one. Obviously, at least the game's going to be tied. Mm-hmm. And Guillen calls to the pen. I forget who the starter was. I, I'm, I'm just going to assume it was Freddie Garcia. Goes to the pen, and out came El Duque. Mm-hmm. And I forgot El Duque was on the White Sox. Yeah. And I thought, you're not allowed to do that. You can't just bring in a Yankee at this point. And it was like that scene in Slapshot when Paul Newman looks up and he sees the team they're playing. They stacked it with all these these ringers. I said, you're not allowed to bring in El Duque. Mm-hmm. And what does El Duque do? He gets the pop-up, the pop-up, and then the check swing from Johnny Damon. If they called it not a swing, it would have been the game-tying walk. But instead, they called it called strike three. And I remember thinking, of course it's El Duque. <laughs> of course it's El El Duque. Freaking Duque, yeah. Yep, so there you go. So it always goes, whenever you and I get together, it always goes back to these kind of memories. But that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. That's part of it. I didn't mention the year before, though. Do not. I didn't. I didn't. I've been, look at, I praised the Yankees. I said they had a good offseason. I think, I, I mean, I, okay, truth be told, truth serum, I'm... I am leaning towards Toronto because yeah. I think they way underachieved last year. Yeah. And I think they're, I, I think, but I think, I think it's like one game or two games is going to separate the two. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of those, unless something disastrous happens to either team, but I think it's going to be, it might be similar to the Yankees and the Orioles, the way they battled down the stretch in 2012. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That whole uh, last month was just. <laughs> and then they faced off in a really in division underrated series. division series, yeah, which was re- a really exciting division series. Yep. Um, which, by the way, featured the last ever Yankee postseason clinching with a complete game. Oh, CC yeah. Sabathia threw a complete complete game victory then, but because yeah. um, that was the year Rivera was hurt. Remember? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. Soriano uh, okay. was the closer. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, remember yeah, it well. We, we remember it well. 
Yes, we, we remember it all well. And do you know what? I want to just thank everybody here listening for making uh, Locked On MLB your first listen every single day. Unless, of course, you're one of the Locked On Yankee listeners. And thank you for making Locked On Yankees the uh, first listen every day. Make the other one your second listen. And then your third listen, because we know you're listening. Uh, go listen to Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby, who's going to be on the show next week. Uh, he's a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And talking about free and available and getting your podcast, Stacey Gatsoulias, where can people follow your show? <laughs> uh, Locked on Yankees is available on every single podcasting platform available. You can follow us at Locked on Yankees, all one word on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. I'm going to get back to posting on Instagram. And uh, I was thinking of making a Lockdown Yankees TikTok, so stay tuned for that because oh, oh, that could Toledo. be funny. Well, look at look at. By the way, by the way, under my subscriptions, see that? Very nice. Right next to Never Not Funny, which is my favorite podcast and my own podcast. So look at that. Look at I am a subscriber. <laughs> I subscribe. Uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sully Baseball, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And please subscribe to us on YouTube. We're trying to get one billion followers. We're several hundred million short. Talking to Stacey Gotsoulias, and like we do, we get a little bit off the rails. This has been a Locked On MLB, Locked On Yankees crossover for, uh, let's just call it the 10th day of February 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, I'm begging you to call me Sully.